Hey, I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are your Kraken Captains. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Kraken Captains podcast. Well, what a November to remember for all us Kraken fans out there. 10 wins and 51 goals. Best month of Kraken hockey in their short uh, time in the league. But uh, definitely amazing. They were 10-1-1 in the month of November. And as of the 1st um, of December, had a seven-game win streak, which makes it the second winning streak of the season of at least five games or more. Uh, Groove got back in the groove and uh, is healthy and playing well. Uh, lines are getting somewhat settled and finding some chemistry, especially the McCann, Eberle, Berniers line. little movement up at the top with um, Bjorkstrand moving down to the fourth line. So he's not with Winberg and uh, Barakowski right now. But there's no give up in this team. It's all grit and grinding. And uh, love to see it. What are you seeing, Doug? Well, I was really impressed when they beat the Golden Knights the other night. Vegas is the number one team in the division right now. And Kraken have been playing some really tough, aggressive hockey. It's paid off big time because they took the win. Not only that, but for the third time this season, Seattle beat another division rival, the Kings, who are on our heels in the standings. And this last time they played on November 29th, it was a pretty epic game. Yeah. Final score was 9-8. to eight. So I don't need to tell you how exciting it was to watch. Not exactly a goaltender's fantasy, I'm sure. The averages will take a hit on that one. And how about that game winner from Berniers against Ovechkin and the Caps in overtime, huh? Oh, my God. Yeah, that Kings game, I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't type fast enough with your thumbs on Twitter to like update the score. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy changing. texted me and he said it was the fastest uh, overtime goal scored by a rookie in the NHL in like since the 1930s or something. I was like, oh, yeah, Bernier's goal against the Caps. Oh, I was there and it was we were celebrating. It was. Uh, you know, so you could just feel it, like, in the building. And there was, like, three minutes left, and, and we're like, oh, it's coming down to it. We're going to have to pull that goalie really quick. Yanni Gord just hitting it. And then, yeah, that Berniers goal was just incredible. Amazing. And you got to give it to Bjorkstrand, too, because he, you know, he was the one. Bjorkstrand's who... making the difference. That dude oh, is nuts. Uh, Barakowski. No. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, both of those dudes. Both yeah. of those dudes are making the difference. Yeah. And they are nice. Barakowski is <laughs> sure. clogging, clogging everything up and allowed Berniers to like, get that breakaway. And then there was no way that goal wasn't going in. And then that. The, yeah. The, the playmaking that we're seeing from Burakovsky and Jordan Eberle are, is just 
above and beyond. Right. Absolutely. So, a lot to talk about. Let's get into the Maelstrom. The Maelstrom, the Maelstrom, the Maelstrom, the Maelstrom. The Maelstrom. Oh, yeah. So... You know, I think I want to start by just uh, relaying kind of something I heard from an interview from last year. Um, it was the Avs game kind of early in the season or midway through the season where they came to town and they just like put put the Kraken in the hurt locker and they they scored like seven unanswered goals. It was like seven. One of those inaugural season games where you're just watching it and going, Oh God, why? <laughs> why? Right. So, uh, and crying in your cereal. Yeah. So somebody, um, I forget who it was interviewed one of the players. And one of the things they brought up was how important it was for this team to, support and play well for the fans because in that game I guess you know I was actually at the game and it was seven nothing in the third period and when they scored when the Kraken scored that first goal the whole place went nuts like everybody's just waiting and the the energy was out of control and the noise level was at a hundred and the they brought that up in the interview and said you know we really could feel that and and we want to make sure everyone kind of took a gut check after that game they're like hey these people really really support us and we don't want to play that way anymore um you know we want to give the fans everything we got especially when we're in our own house um so it was just interesting to hear that kind of response because one of the things that's clearly different about this team this year is just it it's not the same as it was last year. Last year, we're looking for ways to lose games. It's like we're finding ways to lose games where this this year the energy is different. You it feels like they know like hey, we're in it. We can win these games. So they find ways. They're finding ways to win games rather than finding ways to lose games. And it, it's just interesting to hear that that was kind of one of those high watermarks. So last year, you know, you get all of a bunch of people that don't want to be there out of the room. And the people that are left really want to be here and really want to play well. And I think we're seeing a lot of that work and everything happen and come out on the ice every night. So pretty cool to see that. And yeah, it's crazy. You don't really think about, like, a professional hockey team thinking about the way that the fans are reacting or any sports team for that matter. Right. Right. Baseball. Right. You don't really expect to think like these guys, you know, really take to heart how the fans feel about watching them play. That's not really something that like comes into the mind of any like sports fan or athlete you would imagine in, in the day to day, but it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a kudos to the Seattle fan base because all these Seattle teams are kind of, it's kind of known for the fans being, you know, coming with a lot of energy and being really supportive. So, uh, pretty cool deal. But um, speaking of, you know, ways 
finding ways to win games and and doing things the right way. We had five OT games, including the December 1st game where Bernier's got to play the hero and we were four and one in that time. So, you know, it's all that hard work and grit, you know, fighting tooth and nail to get into the, the overtime and then finding ways to win. Uh, we had a winning streak of five games and a winning now a winning streak of seven games. So um, pretty, pretty cool to see that because these OTs now with it's three skaters, you know, just getting to the overtime is great. But when you're talking about three on three, that's so much open ice that it can quickly go sour for you. You get that extra point. That's that's what really matters too to get you into the playoffs is that extra point. Like, right? You the overtime loss. It's it's an overtime loss for a reason because you only get one. And when when you get that extra point because you won in that overtime period, that's that a huge bonus to push your team forward into the playoffs. So, right, and you get it's, it's cool to see the Kraken taking advantage of that. I mean. Their their power play it hasn't been I mean it's been better than it was last season, but still has room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same could be said for their penalty kill. But I, you, no one can say that they're not a hardworking team, and I think that that's that's like the number one thing. You know what I mean? You work hard, you play hard, right? Right, right. Well, speaking of working and it, hard, it's, that's the results. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of working hard, we should talk about Dunn and Larson setting the standard for the the D. Those the two are working hard. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's interesting. The because... time on the ice, the time on the ice for Dunn and Larson, uh, average time on the ice twenty three minutes fifteen, twenty three minutes forty five. So here's the 23:45 for Larson, 23:15 for Dunn. It's over a period per guy. They're just crushing it. Right. Yeah, and that's 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 putting your hard hat on and going to work. And I think, you know, Dunn is the interesting thing is Larson is probably logging more in like regular game play because Dunn is the quarterback of the first uh, power play unit. So he's automatically getting, you know, special teams, those special teams minutes. So you get three power plays a game. That's six extra minutes for Dunn where Larson is logging like the hard minutes during regular play five on five. Not saying that Dunn, you know, isn't logging hard minutes, but it's just an interesting dichotomy there uh and dunn obviously has the points to back that up too dunn's kind of like the offensive defenseman but he's still a big d-man and he can lay the lumber and then but larson the big cat the v-neck he's to me he's like the epitome of putting your hard hat on and going to work and just Log in the tough minutes and always yeah, Vince Dunn's right Vince Dunn's sorry to interrupt. Vince Dunn's average power play time on the ice is two fifty one. Yeah, so an where Adam Larson's minute. is eleven seconds. Yep, exactly. So yeah, I mean it just goes to show you he's out there 
not only putting in the time, you know, on the ice during regular play, but in the in the special teams also. Yeah. So that's a lot of pressure to put on one guy, two guys. Those two D men, they're they're coming through hard. Yeah. I mean, we were just watching the Capitals game today, and Alexiak took that, uh, you know, really, really sad illegal check to the head. He got ejected from the game, but you still have those two dudes out there just going at it like it's no same same as any other day. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. They And that's what's expected of them. And you, actually, they talked to Larson after the game, and he's like, you know, it's sad you don't want to see a hit like that, and it's tough to lose a player, but five defensemen should have no problem, you know, instead of six. No problem, lose one. So and they don't. He's saying the right thing, too. He's like, no, we we got a job to do. we got to get out there and do the job. It doesn't matter who else is there. And you can see that they're doing it just by looking at the numbers. Right, right. So You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is they've been the starting D for every single game except for that overtime Capitals win because Ovechkin was on the second line. And I, I distinctly remember the start of the game being like, oh, wow, it's like not Dunn and Larson? That's weird. And then I looked at the, I looked at the line and then Ovechkin comes out on the second shift and here they come, and I'm like, there you go. That's all you need to know. It's like, got to have Dunn and Larson. And they did. They elim- Good coaching. Yeah, well, yeah. But they eliminated him in that game. It's so crazy to watch him, like, set up camp. And that was another thing about that game. The way it started out, like, everybody, the energy of that whole game was off. Like, everybody in the building was just felt like everyone was just waiting for Ovechkin to do something. So you had to start from this yeah. place of, like, can't you can't take a breath but then the energy i mean it's the season where everybody's getting ready to like expect alex ovechkin to like you know get to gordy howe level on the goal scoring numbers and all time and and i mean they said tonight they said that he was 99 goals away from number 99 right you know so he's getting there yeah but, hey, we took care of business in that game. He's old. Forget yeah. about that. You know what's new? He's old. You know what's new? The Kraken. That's what's happening. Yeah, the Kraken. Get ready, because here it comes. Maddie Bernier's, right? Yeah, buddy. Maddie Bernier's was really new. <laughs> He'll freaking wind one up from that circle, too. Just ask anybody. Oh, you know what was really cool? So Sprong played with Ovechkin on the Capitals, and he's, like, said he's, like, learned a ton, and you kind of watch him, and he does, like... Yeah, you can tell. You, he does like to set up in Ovechkin's kitchen, you know, and, and take those I love shots. That. So that's kind of cool, and the scouting that you can give your team on it, too, but... Sorry. Strong shot is just... It's it's so strong that you can tell. I mean... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to actually attribute that to Alex Ovechkin. Maybe it's not that you can tell that he... It's more like he's just got a powerful shot. That dude knows how to rifle it in there. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. But back to Maddie Berniers. Who, who's going to beat out Maddie Berniers for the Calder? Seriously. I don't think anybody. I can't think of anybody. I've been trying to think of somebody. Maybe I just don't know anything about hockey. 
but I can't think of anybody. <laughs> uh, there's a goal whispers of a goalie, a rookie goalie. I can't remember his name now. It's like totally left my head. Where are my notes? Somebody talk to the producer. But uh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Matt, Matty Bernier's. No. What other teams have rookies? There's there's no other team in the NHL that has a rookie who can score. <laughs> Not like Matty Bernier's can. He leads all rookies in goal scoring. I'm probably way off, but hey, it sounds good if I say it like that, right? Mark it, dude. Totally. I'm saying it. You can right here. Chalk, you can quote me on that. Well, project out for the rest of the season. You got Matty Bernier scoring, what, 35, 40 goals if he stays on this pace? He's he's out of control. So, and, yeah, so you're talking about, you know, maybe, let's be conservative and say between 30 and 40 goals. <laughs> and, you it's know, crazy. 35, 40, 50 assists. Rookie 80 point rookie season and that goal the other night, you know, he just has the juice. Um, yeah, he's got a couple of game winners under his belt, and you know, I think that the season it's tough to it's tough to like try to line somebody else up against that. Yeah, that's for it's sure. A long season, so you know, I love hockey, I'll, I'll look at all sorts of teams and like you know, who they're putting out there and. I mean, I'm not an expert or anything, but I don't know. I can't think of anybody. I can't think of anybody. The the Anaheim Ducks have some really good young players, but they're they've they haven't been to, they haven't been able to win this year. So, right, they're just not able like put those numbers up on the boards. It's all about stats, right? So like. Ever ever since they put Beniers out there at the end of last season, right? He's been he's been dumping up a point a game at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, Logan Thompson, the goalie. That's who it is. There's some Mason McTavish. Logan Thompson's the goalie for the Golden Knights. So <laughs> that. <laughs> But I think, you know, you got to give some props to the coaching staff. And, I mean, it's the players, but I think putting Berniers between <sighs> Eberle and McCann is certainly yeah. helping the situation. I mean, it, he fits right in with those guys. Yeah. It's, it's uncanny the way that, like, I don't know. I It, it might just be like a, a fan's perspective, right? But it, it seems to me that when you see like Jordan Eberle and Beniers and Jared McCann out on the ice together, like the three of those dudes can like make stuff happen. Well, and they are. I mean, they're the leading point getters. I think they're the line with the most chemistry. I mean, we kind of mentioned it in the intro, the Winberg, Burakovsky, Borkstrand line's been broken up and Bjorkstrand is now like down on line. Burakovsky just can't be stopped though. I agree. I agree, totally. <laughs> I mean, the dude just goes out there and does it. Yeah. So I can't believe they picked him up. And, like, watching him play right now is just, like, 
Holy cow. Yeah, he's everything, man. He. Uh... I don't think that, like, I mean, you can line up any playmaker in the NHL up against that guy. He just puts them up. Yeah, boom, boom, he, boom. he does some crazy stuff with the puck, too. I mean, he can dangle, no doubt. <laughs> he can dangle, that's right. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's amazing to watch him. And I think until – I think it's going to be a generation probably before we can say there's a better pickup, like free agent pickup, than Burkhoff. Yeah. Because he's just that good. Like, we're going to have to wait a whole generation of players to come out. Because, yeah, from where I sit, that was... I mean, and then you add Bjorkstrand into that mix. And I think it's one of the big reasons that uh, we're doing so well this season. Yeah, and that we're right behind the Vegas Golden Knights. Just nipping at their heels. Have you been watching the standings? It's like... The Kings are right behind us. Yeah. But we're right up on there on Vegas. And we're just like yeah, we've, chomping at the bit. The the funny thing is, is like we've been within two points, I think, a couple of times, but Vegas is you know, goes between like two and three games up in hand on us, you know. So we're like Yeah, they find a way. Well, I just mean also that they they've played more games. Like two more games than us. So I'm every time I'm like, well, We'd already be ahead of them if they didn't play two extra games. <laughs> but, I mean, all that stuff's going to even out, and we're going to see what happens. But we beat we'll Vegas the last time we played them, so. It was, that's what I'm talking about, see? Yeah, you got you to gotta continue to beat those guys. When they, when they hit the schedule, that's got to be like, got to win this one. And that's when you find yourself... As top dog for sure. Yeah, but it's not just the Knights. I mean, we're we're beating quality opponents. We beat the Rangers. Beat Calgary, even though Calgary's pretty low in the standings right now. But it's six. It's a weird season. Am I wrong? It's just a weird season. It seems like all the teams that you're expecting to be like up there crushing everybody is like a little further back than you expect them to be right i mean the oilers and calgary. st louis is down st louis is down, louis is down. down. what what was it we said before we started the capitals are like sixth in their division yeah they're a good yeah. team you know uh, yeah i agree i mean the abs who've been decimated by the rangers like the abs all those teams are all down in the middle of their yeah. divisions so you know, yeah, you're right. It's kind of a. It's, it's all about like it's all about the New Jersey Devils. Yep. The Boston Bruins, Winnipeg Jets, and the Golden Knights. Those are the top four right now. Yeah. And then you got the Stars, the Hurricanes, the Maple Leaves, right, and the, the Kraken. Somewhere. Right. Those are so. Now you're looking at eight teams right there. Right? That's one set of playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's one set of playoffs. Go from there, right? It's like, then you got like Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa Bay. Detroit is a good, a good. I think my favorite like dark horses so far are the Winnipeg Jets, and, who were like kind of my dark horse in the, in the playoffs last year. And then Minnesota Wild, the, <laughs> New Jersey Devils. Come on, the, the New Jersey Devils <laughs> and the freaking Detroit Red Wings. 
you know? Yeah. Whispers I, if if it's like, I don't even know, like, I think, let me look again. Yeah. Atlantic Division, Detroit Red Wings. Metropolitan Division, New Jersey Devils. Yeah. If those two teams made it, it would be amazing to some, like, final final game between those two teams because you're right. I think, like, Detroit has been, like, uh, showcasing some serious talent. It's all about their goaltending, you know? But uh, Yeah. Goaltending is a big part of it. I think that they're, you know, if they're in the – if they're in the hunt at the end of the season, that'll just be kudos to them for yeah keeping it going. But uh, yeah, yeah, for us, for the Kraken, it's six division wins in nine games, uh, nine division games, and six was our total from last year. So just more proof that you know these guys are turning a corner, and uh, it's it's a different team this year. So yeah, we got. A lot left to play and a lot more. They're getting out there. They're aggressive. These guys are freaking winning. Well, should we talk about Shane Wright? Yeah, let's hear it. What do you think? I did predict that he would go down on a conditioning stint, and he did. He went on a a two-week stint with the Firebirds. It was five games, but he lit it up. It was four goals in five games and a shootout goal. Um, to help win another game. So um, he is also going to play for the um, for Team Canada in the World Juniors. But in between that, they brought him back for the Habs game, which is kind of that revenge game because, you know, the Canadians passed him in the draft, and that's how all, like, the rumors started about him. Like, <laughs> and he came in and cranked his goal. But you could tell when he... Uh, got back up and got into that game. He had his legs underneath him. He had a lot more confidence that time at, in Coachella. He he greatly benefited from it, and he looked like a totally different player. I think he had three scoring chances in the first period that were mwah, just beautiful <laughs> chances, and then he finally puts one home. Uh, it was the only goal they scored in the game, but it was a beaut, and so he got his... First ever goal against the Canadians, which, you know, it's history. So they'll, they'll find some way to write about that. That's what so you want to hear from him. I think he goes, he's going to go to Team Canada and he comes back like on his birthday. And I expect Perfect. that more time with Team Canada will just be the same thing. He's, I think, a player now that is playing with a lot more confidence. And so maybe he'll make a big difference in the playoffs. I think so. I think we're we're gonna see second half of the season like things turn around for him from where he started to where he is now to where he will be at, at that point. Um, you could be doing some serious damage. Uh, it's wild. That is crazy. Yeah. So imagine that. I think you know there was a lot of hemming and hawing early on in the season about us not sending him down or what are we doing with his ice time and his minutes but clearly <laughs> the development plan is working so for all yeah. you people that are You're concerned not, and worried, I mean, I, you can sit here and <laughs> babble on and on about what they're doing but they're the professionals you just gotta trust this, trust the system right right or not totally 
Do whatever you want. I would. Those guys know what they're doing. Most of them know what they're doing. You're the one who has to sleep at night, so you gotta do it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, anyway. I didn't put this team together to win the Stanley Cup, but somebody did, and hopefully they knew what they're doing. <laughs> the point is, Shane Wright looks good, so I think we can, yeah. all, we can all breathe a sigh of relief. He is who we thought he was, and he's gonna. I'm sure he's gonna be backstopping the top two lines with Berniers for the next, you know, decade. I never doubted it, and if you did, you're an idiot. <laughs> come on, come on, you stupid. Stupid. (laughs) No, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, exactly. A lot, a lot of fun to watch. So I'm I'm excited for the kid, and I hope he does well in the world juniors, and we'll see him. Heck yeah. See him in a bit. The juniors, that's tight. Okay, I think we better talk about some some concerns. There are some things to work on, for sure. Uh, Oh, yeah. One, my number one is special teams we started off like on a torrid pace i think we killed like 18 power plays in a row um, yeah but lately our like our pk i now now is in the bottom third in the league we we are yeah. allowing way too many the beginning of the season we thought we were doing really good with the power play and the penalty kill now we're looking at the power to play and the penalty kill and we're going how come you guys aren't shooting the puck and how come you guys aren't stopping the other team from shooting the puck? Yeah, and you know, it's not for these guys not not trying. I see a lot of block shots and Borgen. No, there's no giving up their bodies. It's not it's not for a lack of hard work. You can tell that this team is a hard working team. Yeah. Absolutely, you can tell these guys are working their A's off. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the things is, and it, it's been happening not just in the power play or not just in special teams, but it's like getting a little too cheeky and not taking the plays that are there. Like, you know, yeah. wanting to make that extra pass or or wanting to do this and, and just... And that's, that's kind of like... the play that's available. That's kind of like the easy call from the bench, right? <laughs> or from or from the announcer table. Yeah. I hear that all the time. I watch a lot of sports, and I hear that particular remark like nine times out of ten. It's like, look, look at these guys. They're just not making the play that should be made when it needs to be made. You can see it. It's right there. They just don't take it. Yeah. Right? And but it, it is a thing when you when you the eye in the sky or like hindsight. Yeah, definitely, like definitely, and especially when you have the numbers to back it up, and you're watching like the stat sheet and you're doing all this stuff. Yeah, you know it can be tough. It's just like you you can't you can't account for road games and home games, and you know like what's happening on the bus or in the motel or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how else to make excuses for it, but. I think the team's doing all right. They can do better, but they're doing all right. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, the power play, I mean, for me, unless something, like, falls off a cliff, it's it's always going to be better than last season because last season was, like, as bad as it could get. It seemed like we couldn't. It's harsh. We couldn't buy a goal last season. You can't depend on your goaltending to win every game. Yeah. You need to score You have to, like. You you and you can't let your opportunities like a power play go 
without putting at least some shots on the net. Right. right. It's like, and there it goes, ba-ba-boom, penalty kill, shut it down with no shots on goal (laughs) or whatever. Like, you can't do that. You have to have, you have to have some pressure on those goalies, you know what I mean? Or else, or else. Well, it's, it's a game of momentum, especially hockey. And so when you don't take a, uh, advantage of those opportunities, it seems like the momentum always swings the other way. And you just see a little bit of that in things like it happened the other night. There was a game where I think it was the the Habs game where they scored a goal and then they scored it, oh no, it was a game after that. But they the other team scores a goal and then literally scores off the face off like seven seconds later. And it's, yeah. You know, no, that you was that was that Montreal. Montreal scored two yeah. goals in seven seconds. Yeah. And so you're right. You're absolutely right. It yeah. was the Montreal game. And and it's it, like the Kraken would have won that game except for those two that sequence right there. Boom boom. Yeah. Well, two goals. And, you can't come back with boom boom every time. Yeah, and that those are you might think that you're the man and boom boom every time, but you're not the man and boom boom every time. (laughs) You might be the man and boom boom half the time. (laughs) Good luck. Hopefully they they practice it more in practice because it seemed to work with the three on three with the overtime stuff after they drop that drop that box. Definitely. Um the other And that's that's kind of the thing that it's like we are kind of a clutch team. Yeah. Like when it comes down to it, I mean, you watch Beneers knock that goal in in so fast in overtime. Yeah, and you can't deny it. Like we've got like kind of clutch team. Like even if even if you can like pick them apart on their power play and their special teams, like you can't deny that when it comes down to it, they do pretty good. Oh, absolutely. Well, and and the standings prove that. They prove that. Yeah, so face-offs are the other concern for me. It's just, you know, they become really important in, like, certain parts of the game. You it's know. a hard thing to win, too. In a hockey game, like, yeah. you can you can be the best team at, like, getting down the ice through the neutral zone, putting the puck in the slot and getting a shot on. But if you can't win face-offs, all that other stuff don't matter. Right, and, you know, I've heard some talk about Morgan Geeky being, you know, one of the better face-offs, face-off takers on the team. And, but he's was injured for a stretch and then now he's injured again. And, and so it's like, who are you going to rely on? I saw a clip of Maddie Bernier's like working after practice on it and stuff like that. So they continue to work that stuff. So I'm sure it's going to pay dividends, but there's just been a couple of situations where it's late in the game and you're like, uh, need to win this face-off and you just don't get it done. And, yeah, and it's just know. back there somewhere else where you don't want it. And so, yeah, that's just another another spot I think that we we can work on and hopefully see some improvement throughout I think the that, season. I think you, you make some good points. If the team could come up with some big face-off wins and some big power play goals – I mean, you're, you're already second in the standings. If you make those improvements, you're looking good I mean, it's, in, the, in the second half of the season. It's the thing to think about if you're saying, like, the goal is to win the Stanley Cup. Like, where are the, the tiny little things that we can do? And that's just 
that's just one of them. And the other interesting thing, Doug, and and uh, for everybody who's listening, we don't have to talk about it right now, but uh, maybe for the next episode, we are probably buyers at the trade deadline this year. Yeah, it's way different from last year. There's where room in the gas space, sold, right? Yeah, we sold the farm last year, which you know, thank goodness we did. Look at all that we got, but. It's going to be an interesting thing. It's one of the things I'm thinking about in the back of my mind. It's like, okay, if we're buyers, who do we go and get? Who? What? What? What is the like tiny little thing that's going to push us over the edge and be like? I'm sure Ron Francois already knows. He already I has have a no whole idea. list in his, <laughs> in his office. I'm sure that. Uh, I'm sure that he does. Well, good. All the better for us to guess on what's on his I list. I guarantee he's already got some some players in mind. He, he's put together a list just to make sure he embarrasses us. Not even what yeah. you were thinking, boys. But yeah, he's like, you <laughs> haven't even thought of anybody yet? You idiots. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to stop paying you. Got rude. Ron, you already stopped. You already started. <laughs> he's right. I haven't even thought of anybody yet. What the hell? So, yeah, it just popped into my head the other day, and I think it's kind of cool to think about. So I'm going to start thinking about that and looking around and, and trying it's, to figure and that's, out. And that's, that's like, one of the things about, like, professional sports that it's hard to keep track of is, like, other players' contracts, right? Yeah. We always talk about it. Like, we can't even keep track of our own players' contracts, let alone, like, players on some other, like, random team where it's just like, you know what? Yeah, this team. You know what team is in the bottom of the? This team is in the bottom of the dumpster, and they got one guy. <laughs> right, and that. Yeah, right. Like, How would you know that? You could give him draft capital for that guy. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, man. There's people that know that. I got a brother who's super smart about like sports knowledge and trivia and like players, like that sort of stuff. He's really good about like being able to like. Uh, absorb all of that information mm. and be able to like Recall. spit it back out to you yeah. in a moment's notice. Right. I got a cousin like that. It's not me. Yeah. Me I could barely keep track of like, you know, the teams that I'm like really all about. It's hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Wow. It's going to be interesting to see. So we can start working on it and, Take thorough notes so we don't have to recall it from memory. Yeah, yeah. Something food for thought. Something to think about. Food for thought, yeah. Okay. Last thing I want to touch on, I think, is uh the fans. I think um you know, I'm not from Seattle originally, so I, I haven't Me neither. I haven't had like a sports team to really root for in Seattle, except the Kraken, because they're kind of they so new and getting on board from the. I'm just the a start. hockey fan, so like even like the rest of like all those other sports that Seattle does have sports teams on, like I wouldn't be. It's not my thing. Hockey's my Hockey's thing. your thing. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. I understand that. Yeah. Well, I'm originally from Colorado, so I can't be a, a Seahawks fan. I'm a Broncos fan. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's just a different thing. But the Seattle fan base has got the most energy and probably more passion than like a lot of fan bases there. They give like the East coast, like Boston Red Sox, you know, 
Boston fans are run for their money for sure. Well, that's that's where I would look because I'm from the East Coast, right? Yeah. And so when you say like this, this market has the fans that are like like I'm a Rangers fan. It's Madison Square Garden. It's New Yorkers. You know what I mean? Like the New York Knicks, yeah, yeah. the New York Rangers, the the Mets and Yankees and Giants and all that stuff. Like those people, and like like you said too, the Boston. Boston Red Sox and Celtics and the Patriots, like all the fans up here in the Northeast, they're pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And but that, also like very passionate. You know what I mean? Like they know what they they like. They yeah, and the Seattle fans they are they the same follow way. that stuff. Like you know, you and I are absorbed in this. It's like, but well, like I know I I can see where you're coming from, and you're right. Like you get in the stadium, it's like. It's loud. It's, it's real loud. And, the and even if it's like, just yeah. like you said too, even if like uh, the team is down seven zero in the third period, and then we score one goal, going nuts. It makes a huge difference when the freaking crowd goes nuts like that. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think it's a testament to them, and and you know, the, one of the things though is like that that passion. It. I think it like spills over, you know, it's fun to have a rivalry and like hate on hate on another team. Cause they're like your rival and all this stuff. But it's, that's like one thing that's different about me personally is I believe in like energy. There are energy forces moving around the planet all the time. Gravity is an energy. That's a force that's being exerted on you. Right. Yeah. And I don't like to, I don't like negative energy. So I tend to not root for other teams to fail. I root for my team to do well because that's positive energy that I think flows through me like to them, you know? And so, you know, there is a subset of fans around here that I kind of disagree with how they do some things like, booing russell wilson when he was here i'm sure that was a lot of fun in the stadium and everything like that but the dude did help you win a super bowl and why don't you like spend that energy on being sending positive energy to your team and then there's a subset group inside kraken fans that hate on grubauer for whatever reason they've decided like he had a bad season last season but as far as i'm concerned he's come in and played a lot better but there's the when he came back from injury that first game that he came back there was just a bunch of vitriol about him being awful and how they were going to lose four to one and i was like see but that doesn't even matter because there you're basically saying like our team our offense is only going to be able to produce one goal so it's not just about gruber it's about all of a sudden our whole team is awful so i don't know i i I don't want to like piss anyone off or whatever, but I'm just saying, like for me, I do the internet. I, want I to do. piss them all off. <laughs> I disagree. Come with, on. I disagree with how that part of it goes about, and I'm not, I'm not about I that, and too. I'm not doing it. So yeah, you know, yeah, no way. Especially no way. hating on your own. You team. want to talk about just smack? You want to just mess around? Is that how you want to be a fan of? You know, no, yeah. I don't think so. And we can talk all day about statistically how he's doing or how he looks or whatever, but I'm going to support him if he's in net. Like, he's my guy. 
You're it till you're oh, dead, or until we maybe find somebody better. Maybe you should put on the mask and go out there and show us how it's done, Mister Big Shot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> can you take a hundred mile an hour slap shot? I'd like to yeah, see you. Yeah, I don't think you can. And Drieger <laughs> ain't nowhere to be found. And we got, you know, we're lucky that we got Martin Jones. Yeah, just cranking out the wins this season the way that he has. Absolutely. Why would you be a Kraken fan and talk? smack <laughs> for lack of a better word about Grubauer's goaltending. He's been injured. We're lucky. We're lucky that we got Martin Jones. Yeah. And you know what? It sucks that Drieger isn't in. Totally. And Joey Decord, you know, isn't ready to like live up to like Kraken fan standards. <laughs> uh, y'all you know, let me tell you what, we're pretty lucky to have who we have. I agree. Right? I mean, like, you can't. How could you not agree? You've got Martin Jones winning game after game after game. And, like, if you, even if your opinion of, like, the the German gentleman, <laughs> is that what they're calling him? That's what they're calling him, yeah. If your opinion of the German gentleman is that he's not gentlemanly enough for you, well, then you can go home. <laughs> yep. Because half you ain't from Seattle, so just forget about it. <laughs> right. I don't know. I can't. I can't. It's it's just like a, a weird like standpoint to take. Like, our goalie's not good enough? What do you mean a goalie's not good enough? We've got, like, we're on our it's second season. We're on our second goalie. What is it called? The goalie coach. Yeah. The guy that coaches the goaltenders. Yeah, the goalie coach. Yeah, goalie coach. We're on our second goalie coach, second season. I think the turnaround in that department is huge. So Jones yeah. is destroying it. You yeah. got to just be happy with what you got. You count your blessings and like a pray that you make it to the playoffs. Don't shard all over what we've got going on <laughs> right, right now. We're in the middle of a pretty darn good start to a season here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like when I found out that Drieger was on injured reserve with something that was going to be long-term, I was like, oh, that's freaking harsh. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to get. You know what? You might think like, oh, we could get anybody that could be better than him, but you could get somebody a whole lot worse than him. Real easy. Right. And we got Jones, and he's just been boom, 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 winning. Defying expectations, for sure. Just like a brick wall in the net. So. Yeah. I love me some Martin. I don't want to. Hear, I don't want to hear anybody talk about Grubauer. Like I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> just like you just put your hands together and like, holy God, thank you for what you've given us. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Otherwise, don't talk to me. <laughs> a lot of passion. A lot of passion. It just spills over. You know. Yeah. Everybody wants to be the best. Okay, well, I think we should touch on the rivalry series. I went to that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, that's a series of games between 
Team Canada and Team USA, the women's team, kind of a rematch of the ongoing Olympic saga. And I've said it many times, but two Olympics ago, when the U.S. finally beat Canada for the gold medal, it was the greatest sporting event I've ever witnessed. <laughs> and so getting to see those guys live uh, was incredible. Um, and they are excellent. It was an amazing game. Um, and it was record attendance. Um, yeah, I'm super jealous. I didn't get to go. 14,500 people at that game. Um, record attendance for uh, women's hockey, I think, in the U.S. So I, I put out a tweet that was like, Seattle is a hockey town, and I dare you to do better. Like everyone else is on notice because yeah, I've been watching. I've been watching a bunch of the uh, Premier Federation Hockey League uh, women's games on ESPN Plus. Yeah, as many as I can. You know what I mean? And it's it's actually it's awesome. So I'm, like it's kind of weird seeing like how like <clears throat> I don't know how to say it. Like some of the like the arenas, right? Like mm -hmm. you're used to watching like professional, even, even if you're not used to watching professional NHL hockey, but you watch like, you know, let's say WHL or AHL, or some like minor league hockey, right? Watching like women's hockey games on TV is like the arenas look totally different. And so it's like, it takes some getting used to, but they play, they play like hell. Lights out. It's pretty man. crazy. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Hillary. It's awesome. I watched, uh, uh, let's see, Toronto versus New Jersey, the Riveters versus the Six, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, um, pro hockey, pro women's hockey, Seattle, I think, is the organization. Um, they helped put it on, and I just think Seattle, like I said, is a hockey town, and they're ready for a professional women's team. They already have the infrastructure there with the stadium and everything. So um, I think I can't believe there's already not a Seattle women's team. Like it's, it's gotta be right around the corner. I think so. I mean, it just kind of proves it with that game. People are hungry for hockey and they'll take it in, in all the forms that they can. I mean, it's always oh, yeah. been that way. There's serious um, fans of all the teams, all the minor league teams. It's crazy. Um, There's a big, big fan base for hockey in in all forms up there. Yeah. Definitely. So well, I think we're ready, and and yeah, watching Hillary Knight um, score a breakaway goal like live in the flesh. It was it was amazing. <laughs> the nice. whole game from top to bottom. But I did end up in like a whole different place than normally I'm at in the greenhouse. And it was so I was so uh, confused. It was the, like the sweets level, but on the end. Yeah. And I was like, "How do you even get up here?" And we've had to like take an elevator. <laughs> and then you try to get out, and then you you're like, "I just want to go down there," but it's down through this bar. And they're like, "You don't have the right tickets. You can't go into the bar." So then you have to go back to the elevator. Super confusing, but man, so much fun nonetheless. Still fun. Yeah. Super annoying. Still fun. Yeah. So nice. Good times. Good times at the rivalry yeah. series. 
10 out of 10 would do again. I mean, it's cool. You go in there and it's like you're in the big arena. You know what I mean? You're used to seeing a crack and play. But like, I don't, I don't care if it's not the Kraken. I don't go watch if it's little kids teams playing yeah. in there. I'd be like, yeah, I want blue to win. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> you know, know what I mean? You know what else? And mean? I don't mean, I'm not comparing like women's hockey to little kids hockey. Like, it's just like, it's cool to go into a place like that where you're used to, you know, professional NHL sports and to go in there and like support, especially something like, you know, Women's USA hockey against Canada—that's amazing. Yeah, you know, and you're right. It's like uh, going to play at the M- Madison Square Gardens. Like all those te- the high school teams that make the like you know state finals and stuff, and they end up playing in Madison Square Garden. It's a memory for everybody. Like all the parents and stuff, they're like, "My kid played in Madison Square Garden or whatever." Yeah, you know? and unbelievable. The, the, just the energy of those places, and for sure in that rivalry series game, the U.S smoked him and it was just awesome at the end of the game the last like minute everyone's like USA USA <laughs> 15,000 people cheering yes and they you got to you know they i don't they got they were pretty aggressive there wasn't any fights <laughs> technically fights cuz they don't fight but there was dude there was some punches what? with gloves supposed thrown to be and, and little aggressive little aggressive <laughs> there's not supposed so to be any fights it, and it is supposed to be a little aggressive it, well it's exactly <laughs> what it was so it pays all day and twice on sunday perfect nice uh, i loved it <laughs> anyway i think uh that's all we got, right, for this episode. Unless you got something there we else, go. Doug. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah, Merry it's Christmas. It's not yet, yeah. but pretty soon. If if I don't hear from you, if I don't see you, you know what? I hope you enjoy your eggnog, and I hope you enjoyed your turkey. Are you an eggnog guy? Oh, freaking A. I'll drink some freaking eggnog. Boy, yeah. let me tell you what. You got to put some adult beverage in your eggnog if I'm in a party. I mean, you do. You do. But if it's like waffles and bacon and, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll try that. Champagne, mimosa, eggnog. I don't know. Maybe I'll still throw a little bit of something in there, but probably. (laughs) 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 You thought I was going to say no. Definitely throw a little bit of something in there, eggnog. Okay. Let's do it. We will get it done. Well, thanks, you guys, for joining us for another episode of the Kraken Kraken Captain's Podcast. Kraken Captain's Podcast. You know it. We love you. If you you like it, then holler at us on social media. Yeah, drop us a line. Let us know what you want to know. It's your Seattle Kraken. Tell me about Alexiak and this illegal check to the head. I want somebody to holler at us and be like, yo, there was no illegal check to the head. If there's nobody saying that it was not an illegal check to the head and that it was a clean hit, you all have not learned about hockey culture yet enough. Okay? (laughs) And I'm not trying to say that about Seattle. I know you all know about hockey culture because you've been seeing the Thunderbirds games and everything for a long time. Here's how you do it. That 
call by that ref where he said Jamie Alexiak had an illegal check to the head on that guy and ejected him from the game. That is bullshit. Exactly. You it's have cabbage. To, you have to. You have to. You have to censor out the part where I said. Deal. <laughs> oh, look the okay. That's what I want to hear from all of you on social media. Holler at us. Yep. Yep. Hashtag it. <laughs> That's right. Hash. Hashtag. Clean hit. Deal. See you out there in the universe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for the next episode real, real soon. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps, and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.